You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack O'Harris, and as always, I'm joined by Emilian. Hello, we are back after a, I don't know, six-month hiatus, was it? It has been quite a while in between drinks for the podcast, but Emilian, we've got a pretty special edition of the podcast today. We have got the 2022 off-season edition of the podcast <laughs> to recap and react to all the madness that has ensued since the start of free agency um, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, it's been absolutely wild. I think it's safe to say wildest offseason in okay. NFL history, at least from our memory. I think we always say something like that after every offseason, or there's always some kind of um, big kind of generalization that, oh, it's, it's been a huge offseason, but this has been <laughs> pretty, pretty big. We are going to recap what we believe were the most uh, head-turning moves and transactions of this last little period of time. It'll include... Some um, signings, some trades, some unretirements in dealing, which I know you're very keen to delve into, especially um, with your love of Mr. Brady. But uh, we'll sure. get into that, as well as a few moves that your Seahawks made um, over the course of the last fortnight. As opposed to the number of, you know, nothing that your Bears did. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, <laughs> and yet somehow I feel like I'm more satisfied out of the two of us with those moves. Yeah, I mean... Unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, you guys did nothing, so you know what you're expecting out of this season, whereas we literally just gave away our franchise quarterback, and we have no idea what's happening in the next few years for the Seahawks. See, I mean, you can make all the big moves and still be left feeling crappy afterwards, and we can do little to nothing and feel pretty good about it. Uh-huh. Sure. But I feel like, then again, we're in different spots, Yes. franchise-wise, and yet we may still end up around the same um, level, record-wise, <laughs> come the end of this next season. But I think... We should probably start things off with the biggest, I think. I think it's fair to say the biggest news of the offseason to this point, which is obviously Tom Brady announcing his unretirement. And after that, we did see um, some, you know, um, correlating moves in Ryan Jensen, Chris Godwin re-signing after that announcement, which is probably not surprising, I don't think, based on the magnitude of... The decision Brady made. Uh, what I want to know is, uh, are you slash were you surprised to see him unretire? Yes. I was fully expecting when he said that his love of the game and his passion has dwindled and he's not fully 100% committed in his retirement post. I expected, okay, that makes sense. He wants to retire, be with his family. Two months later, he decides, oh yeah, nah, I can't, I can't want to play again. And as great as he is, yes, he'll, he, he won't be a bum this year. He'll still be, you know, MVP candidates, Tom Brady. But it's just, it's very similar to the Rob Gronkowski situation for me when Rob Gronkowski retired from the Patriots, whatever. And he gave his little press conference and he was just like, he, he talked about how he had to cry himself to sleep the night they won the Super Bowl. So that, that showed that, you know, the game took a toll on him mentally and physically and he didn't want to play anymore. And then a year later, he decides to unretire just to join Brady. I don't know. I just like it when people stick to their word and it's like Tom Brady retiring. If he took a year off and decided maybe I do want to play again, sure. But two months, it kind of makes me question whether or not he actually wanted to retire in the first place. See, I believed him and I still believe him that he was ready to retire um, that 
little, you know, little while ago. But I also believe it is possible for him to be able to change his mind. Um, I, I don't think it's that outlandish to believe that he would have a change of heart and he would have a rediscovered love and desire to play the game. I don't think that's, you know, unfair to say at all. Um, I was, I wouldn't say I predicted it, but I did think that there was a possibility of him unretiring. And unlike you, Million, I actually am glad to see it. I, I think it adds just another layer of drama to an already so dramatic league that we love to watch. I think he will have a good season as well. Um, I don't think he will be, you know, one of the, you know, top candidates we talk about in the MVP race coming into the season, but... Even though he was this season? He was I second. I don't know if he was. He was second in MVP voting. He statistically... And yet, and yet, and yet I don't think he was among the consensus's top candidates. Like, I think you know? most people talked about uh, Josh Allen, Rogers, and uh, Mahomes as the, the three. I, I don't think... I mean, obviously, the vote's a totally different story, but I, I think in terms of the candidates that everyone discusses in the NFL were leading up to those awards, I don't think he was really up there. Just because it's kind of like LeBron James in a sense that everyone knows he's, you know, the best of the best, but it's the kind of award where, you know, the league likes to kind of share the love and, you know, recognise those other really great players. Um, so I don't think he's going to be up there. I mean, so I, I guess I don't think he'll win. He may, he might be up there again in the voting, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. At the end of the day, he has unretired a million, and that was the, you know, huge news that has kind of kicked off a bit of a domino effect of <laughs> insanely big mu- uh, moves um, so far this offseason, and I guess the next one is Kirk Cousins signing a one-year $35 million extension. Now, he is actually... He was under contract for this season before signing the one-year extension. Obviously, this news isn't as big as the Brady news we just discussed, but is it is still a kind of milestone um, transaction during this period of time. I think this has to do with reducing the cap hit um, for the Vikings, but I guess on paper, if you didn't know that kind of context, you just think it's pretty ridiculous because, Emilia, we have discussed in previous times just how little we believe in Kirk Cousins as a quarterback and how this franchise, the Vikings, keeps um, seeming to kind of tread water. Yep, it's been, what now, four years since they signed him? And the best he's accomplished is beating the Saints in overtime in the wildcard round. So a team that has notoriously struggled in playoffs. Yep. Well, it hasn't really made the playoffs. They've made playoffs once, won one game, and been bounced. Oh, no, I mean the Saints is in... Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Their, their oh, one yeah. accomplishment in the playoffs is beating a team who... Choke. Sucks in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much longer you can beat a dead horse. Why are you giving this guy more money? Um, You know, in our little group chat, I made a little joke. I said, like, immense respect for Kirk Cousins. Yes. Because he's achieved to get so much money by doing so little. Yes. He's, he's a nice guy. But as a player, he is not worth that money. It's really ridiculous how much they're giving him right now. The career earnings tell a very uh, different story to the um, stark contrast we see on the field with Kirk. However, I still, to this day, see Viking fa- Vikings fans going to bat for Cousins, saying, oh, well, you know, actually, his stats say this, or his stats say that. Well, the truth of the matter is the guy beats up on bad teams, but when it comes down to it, he is very rarely delivered when the spotlight is truly on. And yeah. um, this extension makes very little sense. Um, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who is the new GM in Minnesota, um, obviously helped facilitate this deal. I think it's pretty questionable. 
And obviously, myself being in the Bears camp, I um, am quite happy with that. Um, my GM, Ryan Poles, didn't, um, you know, probably d didn't give that kind of contract extension to someone like Akeem Hicks or something like that. Um, someone who I know isn't really going to give me that much. I mean, it, it's not a very comparable scenario, uh, the Bears and Vikings, I guess. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know how we'd grade this start for Adolfo Mensa because he's, he's also actually gone out and um, signed... Uh, Zadarius yep. Smith to a pretty big contract and I, like I said I think this franchise at the end of the day is treading water and I think the last thing they should be doing is be handing out these big contracts to guys who I, I guess we're going to help against you know when they're beating bad teams but I just don't think they have a competing roster at this current point in time and it's annoying because they do have those young pieces in the team what they need now is a young quarterback who they can develop and take them to the next level and they're keeping cousins Jefferson, in a few years, he's going to have a big contract ready if he keeps playing the way he has. Um, Devin Cook, I mean, he is, he's in his prime right now. He's injury prone, but he's still a very good player. He's in his prime. You can't wait so long. If they, if they you know, play out Cousins for these last two years, say they get a rookie quarterback in 2024, it's too late, in my opinion. It's going to be too late to build a strong roster to compete for a Super Bowl when they were so close to it. What was it? Five years ago now in the 2017 season? They had Case Keenum that took him to the NFC Championship. And instead of like building around that sort of atmosphere, it's like making someone fit or like getting a younger player in there, they went and get Kirk Cousins and he's not a winner. And like, they sort of just, yeah, nose dived into the ground. Like you said, with those few names, those are the ones that come to mind straight away when you think about, you know, wasting talent. Um, you know, I feel like we saw a guy like Calvin Johnson in Detroit, like not really wasting his talent because, you know, he's such a, you know, insane player, but... You just, you can't afford to trap those guys with bad quarterbacks. Or, I mean, I mean to be fair, that, that, that's a bit of an insult to um, Matthew Stafford. But I, 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 at that time, I don't think Matthew Stafford was that much better than what Kirk Cousins is now. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be, um, you know, I guess... Trapping these immense talents. Yeah, and hindering the careers of, you know, such great young, young talents like Jefferson and Cook with guys like Cousins. But anyway, we're going to move from one mediocre quarterback onto another here um, with my man, Mitchell Trubisky, signing with <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers in free agency. He signed a two-year, $14.2 million contract. It's a pretty team-friendly one, in million, which kind of suggests that maybe he won't just be handed the starting mantle straight away. He might have to compete with the likes of Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, which I think if we're being genuine and if we do truly believe that Trubisky has improved since his Bears days, then... He should be bidding out these guys for the starting spot. I mean, I'll take the best Trubisky over what we get in Haskins and Rudolph anyways. Agreed. Um, look, Trubisky, I don't think he's going to ever go back to that level he was at in 20... What was it? 2018? 2018. He had a good season, but I mean, that was heavily influenced by the Bears defense completely dominating the Very league heavily. at that year. But Mr. Trubisky, he's got a similar sort of mold there in Pittsburgh right now. A really good defense, young defense, you know, defensive player that what TJ Watts there. You've got decent weapons in Pittsburgh, I think. Najee Harris, I'm hoping for an improvement this year. He had a decent rookie season. Expected a bit more. That offensive I think line... was very decent. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. I get what you mean, but I, do, I was expecting a bit more. But he was also hindered by the fact no O-line and a quarterback who couldn't complete a pass more than 10 yards. And his first fumble came in that playoff game. He did not fumble the ball until that yeah. playoff game in Kansas City. But, yeah, like you said, it's a very similar scenario. And 
I think it's much better for him now. I'm quite happy for him because he gets a really good head coach in Mike Tomlin as opposed to Matt Nagy, who, you know, obviously there are conflicting debates in Chicago about whether Nagy helped or hindered Trubisky, but I, I do think, you know, regardless of which camp you're in, he does deserve a second chance to try and prove that, it, you know, it wasn't him that was the issue in Chicago after that 2018 season. So I, I will be watching with keen interest to see how he fares in Pittsburgh. And I really do think that, you know, being surrounded by guys like Brian Dable and uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo will help yeah. him, will put him in good stead. And he's only going to another good coaching staff now. So I wish him all the best. And yeah, I think just, it's a good contract. Sorry, just before you... Sorry, just sorry to cut you off. Before you go, you just talked about being surrounded by Josh Allen and Brian Dable. You said before a few years ago, before Josh Allen was proven, you saw a bit of Trubisky in him. You know, saw same sort of player, could run, had a good arm, but very undefined. How much do you think... Trubisky sitting behind Josh Allen these past this past year has, you know, helped him. Do you reckon it's going to show in this game? I I still think they are very similar players in terms of their builds. I, I mean, like you know, they're both very mobile. Um, I do think Josh Allen does have more athleticism than Trubisky, yeah. but I mean, I, I think they are on a pretty similar level in that regard. They both have good arms in terms of you know, you know, arm power. Obviously, difference when we're talking about. Um, the actual throws they can make and you know accuracy on deep balls especially because deep ball accuracy was one thing that Trubisky did struggle with mightily throughout his time in Chicago. So but so did see. Josh Allen in the first few years of his career. He did, but unlike Trubisky, he has shown improvement in that sector. Unlike Trubisky, who after you know even in twenty eighteen it was an average deep ball, um, and then twenty nineteen and twenty twenty still very average. So we did not see signs of improvement, and it will be key to see whether he has. Um, or will show any signs going forward. Next, Christian Kirk, free agent receiver, signs with Jacksonville for a whopping contract. I think it really you know opened our eyes a million because it seemed quite um, like quite a lot of money for a guy who hasn't really shown a, you know a, a, a huge lot in his career so far. He's signed for four years and seventy two million dollars, which. And you average it out, it's about $18 million per year. Um, I know there are a lot of incentives to get there, so he may not end up getting that much, but it's still a very large amount to give to a guy that did not produce as much as his contract would suggest that he has. Yeah, he's not even a wide receiver two on most rosters, I'll say. Like right now, I don't think he's much more of a slot receiver, wide receiver three sort of build. Maybe his time in the spotlight in Jacksonville will do him some good. But I don't know. I don't think that's the sort of money you give to a player who hasn't proven all that much. He's a good player. He's a good player. But I mean, come on. That much money? <laughs> I don't know. Just the Jags offseason in general, like right now, it's a lot of money spent on a lot of players that aren't amazing. And I think that they're just building this sort of average, above average roster for Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think it's the great greatest approach for it. I think you need to get some stars in there, help him out. I think Kirk could definitely build into a wide receiver too. Um, yeah, he could. It was tough for him in Arizona because there were a lot of weapons there. And obviously Hopkins was favoured and even AJ Green was, I think, probably targeted more than um, Kirk was in the end. I do think he has the potential to be the second guy in an offence, in a passing game. Um, lots of wait and see. But yeah, it was a lot of money and Jacksonville just... Yeah, they had a whole lot of money and they just really threw it around to a whole lot of different places because... You look who else they signed. They also signed Brandon Sheriff, the guard from Washington, who I think he's a good guard. Um, he, you know, it's it's good to build, help build the offensive line for a young quarterback. Uh, Zay Jones, 
Um, for your start, Olukun, who was a standout at linebacker for the Falcons. Evan Ingram, just, yeah, but like I say, average players for the most part. Darius Williams, he's okay. Um, but really, they're just throwing a whole lot of money around to just, you know, your standard NFL players. Nothing really stands out here, but I guess we didn't, at the same time, we didn't really expect them to, I guess, you know, make really kind of, you know, league-altering moves, you know, they weren't going to be in the market for, you know, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or anything. So I, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess it's maybe what we kind of expected out of them. Um, yep. But I guess we didn't expect them to spend this much. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence? Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca Chenault? Well, I was hearing trade rumors about Chenault. So I, I don't know, but... I mean, I mean, based off the money they gave Kirk, you'd have to think he's going to be one of the first options. Um, so, but I think Zay Jones did show a fair amount towards the end of last season with the Raiders, so he may also factor in pretty heavily as well. Yeah. But I guess we'll see who Trevor Lawrence really prefers. Yeah, but at the same time, you see all three of these guys, you're not thinking wide receiver one. You're thinking wide receiver two at best from what we've seen. But which... What is the one he's going to sign with the Jags in their current state? No, no one. I know, I know. I get that. But at the same time, they did have DJ Chark. They could have maybe kept him. That's true. But, but I, I, I'm going to since he didn't want to stay around. I get that. But I don't know. I just don't think... Look, maybe they'll draft one. You know, it's a, I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot of good receivers in the draft there this are, year. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of edge rushers. A lot of edge rushers. A lot of offensive linemen. And a lot of receivers um, is the general consensus. So I'm guessing a lot of teams will have pretty good rookies. I received this year, but I don't know. The Jags, they're good at running back. They've got James Robinson. They've got Travis Etienne coming back, who could be great for them. But receiver-wise, it's pretty thin, and I guess we'll have to see if any of these guys steps up. Yeah, you're right. Etienne is a forgotten name, so he will definitely be one to watch this year. I do think they will be, you know, coming away from the draft with at least one young receiver to add to this current crop. But we will wait and see with the Jaguars. But in terms of the offseason, I think... As well as the wide, the big wide receiver trades, which we will get into um, further on, I think this you know madness of an offseason was really driven by the quarterback market and who became available in some surprise moves in the end and some we kind of saw coming. And to start, I think one we did see coming was um, the Colts wanting to part ways with Carson Wentz, which they ended up doing trading him to the Washington Commanders for um, a second round pick and two thirds, which I think was a pretty good return for Carson Wentz. And we'll talk about what they did later with turning it into uh, Matt Ryan, which I think was pretty good work by the front office. Just on this trade itself, from a Washington perspective, I don't really rate it at all. Um, with who was kind of becoming available, it just seemed like such a Washington move yeah. to target Wentz. Uh, I, I guess he's an upgrade... Oh, you know, okay, no. I'll start again. He is an upgrade of a Taylor Heineke. He is an upgrade of a Ryan uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, what we already know is Wentz is not going to bring you that far. Yeah. Um, already, I'm going to start it off. Washington Commanders. I don't mind the name. However, give us a logo. Not another, just, not a letter. Give us a proper logo that actually reflects the team's name. You're big into this stuff. 
I, I am. I am. And I just think it's really annoying how we've been waiting. They, at this point, they may as well just kept Washington football team. Just because... I just, I'm not a fan of the logo at all. Uniforms, sorry, I know this isn't talking about Carson Wentz. I agree, they're unattractive, the uniforms. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, I don't mind the home one, the, the burgundy one, not bad. The away one that's just white with like these weird like white dots in the um in the red yeah, it's numbers. Odd. It's it, odd. It's odd. It's, and then the Doesn't black one, the all black one just does not look good. I'm sorry. These I, look I like XFL. black as a color, but their design. It, does not, if, if, it if, doesn't suit this team. If I have to comment on the uniforms, I will say that they are pretty average. And um, it just seems just like, like a, a franchise, but yep. It just seems like an XFL team at this point. It just seems or an AAF even, if you remember that. that well, start oh, yeah. well, I mean, the, the whole joke with just having to call them just Washington or Washington football team for every year was a bit of a, you know, it was, it was, it was comical enough. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like they chose wrong with the nickname, honestly, yeah. Commanders. I feel like Senators or something. I mean, it's, it, it's a political city, you know, yeah. make some kind of reference Anyway, I, we digress. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know your thoughts on Carson Wentz. Even though I know what you're going to say. Well, I mean, sorry. I know what you <laughs> think about Carson Wentz. This isn't going to be positive. No, it's not. Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. He's injury prone and he's just not going to win you games. Why would the Washington Commanders trade for him? At this point, trade for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is younger. You think he's better? I think, yeah, when healthy. I think he's going to take you further. He's got a, bit, a better winning mentality. How much further? What, two games? Well, I mean, he took the Browns to the divisional round. He did? Or did he was Miles part Garrett? Of he was a part of it. OBJ, Miles Garrett? Yeah. They, I'm, not, I'm not saying Baker Murphy <laughs> carried the Browns. <laughs> nice, I'm saying it was yeah. a collective team effort. Well, Carson Wentz has not brought a team to the playoffs. Well, he brought the Eagles back in 2017. He didn't play in the playoffs. He's before. a different player. He's a different player. I don't know why the Washington Commanders would trade away draft capital to bring in someone who's not going to take them to the playoffs. Especially considering how the Cowboys are looking right now. They're still a good team. Um, obviously, the Giants and Eagles. Eagles are looking decent. We'll see what Jalen Hurts does. But Carson Wentz is not going to bring you anything that you didn't already have with Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick. They weren't great players, but Carson Wentz is a very minimal upgrade and he's very injury prone. I think he might make them a couple wins better. Yeah. But then again, in a grand scheme of things, that's not doing enough. Yeah. That, that's going to give them a worse draft pick. The Commanders got back a second and seventh in addition to Wentz, but I still think they're overpaid. The Colts, in my mind, definitely got the good end of this deal. Yeah, they fleeced them. And they turned into something really great later on, which we'll talk about, which I keep mentioning. But for now, um, the Carson Wentz to Washington. I keep trying to feature it because now he's going to be playing against the Eagles twice a year. Yep. I mean, that, that may give them an upper hand in that matchup just because... He's going to want to play well against them, but then again, like I just said, he wants, just because he wants to play win well, many games. just because he wants to play well doesn't mean he will. No, that, that's, that's quite <laughs> true. I mean, he, since the injury, since that major injury with the Eagles, he's, he's not been the same player. Um, I guess you could say he took the Eagles to the playoffs a few years back, but they really just scraped in because the NFC was so terrible back then. Yep. Um, we'll see about this year, but I, I don't think with Wentz, the Commanders will challenge not at all. for that division title. But that was the first big quarterback off the rank in terms of off-season trades and signings. Before we get into the biggest QB trade or transaction of this period, Amari Cooper was traded to Cleveland um, for what was a pretty interesting package. Dallas received a fifth and a sixth round pick and Cleveland got Cooper and a sixth. So, you know, I think... The Browns got a pretty good deal oh, here. Yeah. And Amari Cooper must be feeling amazing 
I mean, I guess he was feeling okay at the time because he felt undervalued in Dallas with, you know, C.D. Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup all there. And the tight ends who come into place who, let alone what happened after he got traded there and, and who else got traded yeah. for the Browns, which we're going to get into later. <laughs> we're going to get into later. But this trade itself was a win for Cleveland. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think that, yep. Obviously, Mario Cooper wasn't happy that he wasn't getting enough of the ball because he is a wide receiver one. He is a star receiver, I reckon. And he showed that when he got traded to the Cowboys and balled out with Dak Prescott. The last season? Last season, no, but there was CD Lamb there. I think that... But if he's a wide receiver one and he's getting outdone by rookie, is that not concerning? I do think, but I do think CD Lamb is a really, really great receiver. I think that he had, he had a special connection with Dak, in my opinion, that Amari Cooper just didn't have. And I think that he's going to do well for Amari Cooper to be in the AFC with the Browns with a certain special quarterback who is now on that team. So you're saying Cooper didn't have that special connection with Dak this past season, but what, before that, when you said he first came there, he did? Yeah. That's so what changed? CD Lamb changed. <laughs> they entered uh, CD Lamb. Look, he... I don't buy into that. If, if you're a number one receiver and you're just and you, your whole connection with your quarterback just gets thrown out the window when a rookie comes in, I get that he's really good and I get that he's going to be a great player. I don't know if I'd call CeeDee Lamb great just yet. I would. He's really good. He's really good. Look, I would say great, but that's the thing. There are so many great receivers in the league. That's the thing. But back to Amari Cooper. What I'm saying is that he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting a lot of the ball. I'm saying that CeeDee Lamb was probably the biggest factor in the fact that Dak didn't throw to Amari Cooper as much as he did in previous years when Amari Cooper was really his big target. But now when you've got an explosive young player like CeeDee Lamb, sort of like that, you know, it's like the... Like they're saying, it's like, you know, it's a shiny new toy that you want to play with as a quarterback. And, well, look, it worked out for Murray Cooper. He, he, oh, it did. He it went did. out to a new place and, you know, at the time... And he made a new friend afterwards exactly, without even knowing he was going to. Exactly. At the time, Baker Mayfield was his quarterback and we were all like, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, yeah. this is going to throw me the ball, though. It's not like an Odell replacement or a Jarvis Landry replacement since yep. they're both gone. But now the Cowboys, I think they're going to focus on making CeeDee Lamb that number one receiver, one of the, you know... Top in the league. I think that's obviously their Definitely. goal. Um, Mario Cooper, great deal for him. Welcome to Cleveland. That's right. Welcome to Cleveland indeed. Now, Emilian, the big one, which I know... We've <laughs> been waiting spend, for this we're one. We're going to spend a bit of time on this one because I know you've got some... Um, center, there's a bit of sentimental value yeah. involved in this one for you. So without further ado, is Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos who we thrashed in that Super Bowl win years ago now, which seems like an eternity ago for you, Emilian, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yep. Seattle, Seattle received two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris, whilst the Broncos got Wilson and fourth. Now, a massive haul for your Seahawks, Emilian, but at the end yep. of the day, you do lose that franchise quarterback who was so loved by all Seahawks fans. I don't think I've ever seen a Seahawks fan truly dislike no. Russell Wilson. No one could. But now he's out. Yep, he is. And that was not fun news to wake up to on 10 a.m. on, what was it, like, probably a Wednesday. Something like that. I just woke up, I see the text from you and the other guys, like, well, Russell Wilson got traded. Um, In an era. Yep, pretty much. Last season, it was obvious, you know, going towards the end of the season, it was like, either Russell Wilson's going to leave or Pete Carroll's going to retire or leave. None of those things happened immediately when the season ended. So you just sort of think, okay, so we're just going to ride with Russell and Pete for another year. And then maybe trade Russ or, I don't know, cut him. Probably trade him. So it was really shocking news just to hear that Russell Wilson was being traded. Now, on to whether or not this is good for us. Russell Wilson has been in decline the past two years. 
I think a lot of people will agree with that. He was injured last year. Um, three games in, it was a pretty big injury, you know, a finger on his dominant hand. It's going to hurt. But it's pretty obvious. I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but Bobby Wagner got cut. It's obvious the Seahawks are in a sort of rebuild mode. Let's talk about that now as well. I think, okay. I think, I think we should group it all into one. Just yeah. a, little, a little bit of Seahawks ranting for you, Emilian. Finally. Why not? This will be some good therapy for you. <laughs> Look, we're going to a rebuild. Right? It's pretty obvious. We've got a Drew Locke coming in. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's sort of a bridge quarterback. We'll see what the Seahawks do in the draft. But we cut Bobby Wagner. We've got a lot of cap space. We re-signed Quandre Diggs, which was a huge, huge signing. We need him back. He's a really great safety. Um... Yeah, so we got Shelby Harris back. Oh, back. We got Shelby Harris in return. And no offense. No offense. He's good talent, but he's not really a great player. He's not proven. I think he's better than your current tight end. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we also like got Gerald Everett. So right now, we've got no offense. And you Will spent Disley. money on Will Disley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting yourself. Was it a three-year for eight years each, right? Uh, eight mil, eight mil each. Like yeah. It just felt like a sort of a weird con- move. Yeah. And you just... so, anyway. Yeah, so, okay. They signed... Those players, Shelby Harris, I think is a great pickup for the defensive line. I think in this offseason, the Seahawks have definitely reinforced that defensive, you know, front seven a lot. Um, picked up a great talent. So rebuilding. We have the number ninth, nine pick in the draft, which is the highest overall pick we've had in ages, probably since, you know, Russell Wilson was drafted because the Seahawks have not had a losing season before, except, well, with Russell Wilson, they've never had a losing season until last year. Do you smell a quarterback? Coming up number nine? I don't think so. I think that Malik Willis is the only quarterback that, you know, yep. Seahawks fans would want. And in my opinion, he's going to be gone before the ninth pick. Really? I do believe so. Before the ninth pick? I think there are too many teams. It's a weak draft. It is. But the Panthers hold the number six spot, I believe. I think they're going to spring for a quarterback. Sam Darnold is you not the answer. So. Yeah. Sam Darnold's not the answer. They've got a young squad that needs a quarterback right now. Matt Rule is on his last, last, last breath. I think that this year is a make it or break it. Yeah, for him. It feels like just yesterday he was appointed as the yeah, new head coach. It feels coach. like it, but, but he's, he's been garbage. Yeah, he has been garbage. With and I the think, help of Donald. I think that the play calling was also really hurtful for Donald. I do think that he he wasn't great. He wasn't great, but they he did was start really good at the start. They were three and, and they were, the, the running plays that he was running for yeah. Donald were really working. I remember, I remember there was a point early in the season where he was one of the top rushers yeah. in the league as a quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But then he. Just sucked after the injury. But the play calling didn't help. I did watch a lot of the games. The play calling was pretty awful. Anyways, back his to the receivers. Seals. I remember a few games his receivers did not help him at all. Yeah, exactly. They kept, they were dropping everything. They were like most of his picks. Back to the Seahawks. I think that this year's draft, number nine spot, if Sauce Gardner is still there, I want him. Fair enough. I want him. Or if he's not there, maybe Derek Stingley. It might be a bit of a reach, but he's also a cornerback, which the Seahawks need desperately right now. Um... They re-signed Quinn Jefferson. They um, signed Uchenna Nwosu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. From the Chargers, who's a really good linebacker. Jordan Brooks is going to be moved to that middle linebacker spot to replace Bobby Wagner. He's a tackling machine. He's a Bobby Wagner mold, basically. Thoughts on Bobby departing? Look, it made sense to, you know, cut him free cap space. However, the way it was done, and I'm sure you agree, was pretty, pretty awful. The fact that he wasn't told that he was being cut. Is... I'm sure what was going to be told, but I feel like he just found out before. Yeah. Well, because nowadays they're so quick with reporting these moves. Yeah. Something, you know, sometimes the players just find out from Ian Bloody Rappaport. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, look, we got rid of Bobby. He, he, he's not as good as he used to be, obviously. But surely they could have struck a trade. 
I think that, yes, they could have. I bet he's got a big he's got contract. A big but surely, if you're in Seattle, you could absorb some of his future cap hit and still get some something back for him. It, it, it felt like that just just thought... The, the, certainly, they just wanted to get it over and done as quickly as possible. Just get they it did, out. Because it happened like the same day that Russell Wilson got traded. Like from We went from one day of saying, oh, the Seattle Seahawks, they'll probably try to compete for a wild card spot. It probably won't happen to, oh, yeah, that rebuilding. To probably the two most loved players in your roster, yeah. would you say? Oh, absolutely. And probably two of the greatest Seahawks to ever play. Russell Wilson, I think, the greatest Seahawks to ever play. I'd put him over Steve Largent. Just for the fact that, you know, he is a quarterback and he did bring us a championship. I'd put Bobby Wagner also. I think both those guys need their numbers retired in Seattle. Um, you know, off on a tangent, Drew Locke is not wearing number three, thankfully. <laughs> He's wearing number two. And I don't think, you know, he would have been very well liked if he that wore makes number sense three. Because Drew Locke is a number two quarterback. He yeah. is not a number one quarterback. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if you guys made a play for Baker Mayfield. He doesn't want to play in Seattle. He doesn't. He doesn't. He said anywhere but Seattle. Is what he said. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Baker Mayfield does not want to play in Seattle. It's and to be fair, like, we don't want in Seattle than Cleveland. But... Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't really want to, He can't stay in Cleveland now, can he? Well, I heard that apparently if Watson misses games as a result of this NFL misconduct, yeah. these rules and whatever, if he does miss games, then they would prefer that Mayfield stays and plays games for him, but he's not going to do he's that. Not he's not going to do that. Um, I think he might end up in Atlanta. Yep, I, I think in, in my mind the Seahawks and Falcons are probably the two most logical landing spots. Maybe Panthers. the Panthers, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see the Seahawks going after a quarterback this season. I think they're going to stick with Drew Locke this year. It seems like, it seems like the um, front office is definitely embracing the fact that he is our quarterback right now. Bridge quarterback. I'm not expecting anything, and yet there's this side of me that's sort of hoping that he sort of flips the script. It's not going to happen. But I am hopeful that maybe he could play well. I'm glad to have a taller quarterback now who can see above his offensive lineman and will probably, probably make plays and get the ball out quick to his, you know, options in front of him rather than down the field, which Russell Wilson always did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is depressing. If I was a Seahawks fan, I'd be depressed with, you know, going from Wilson to maybe yes. through a lot. But you with Russell... hoping there'd be someone else that they do try and get... Not this season. I think this season is going to be a glorified tanking season. We're not going to expect to get a lot of wins. If, if say, say we end up with five wins this year, we go five and twelve. We get a high draft pick for next year, and that's when we draft a quarterback. I think that's ultimately what I want. I'm happy to sacrifice this season for a high draft pick next season and get a good quarterback, and sort of start the rebuild there. What do you Fair think? Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if Baker Mayfield doesn't want to come here, then I mean, I guess you don't really don't have too many options right exactly. now, unless you do go QB in the draft. Yeah. What I was hoping for when I saw that Russell Wilson was traded is signing Tyrod Taylor. Just get that veteran in there, sort of as a bridge quarterback, because Tyrod Taylor did pretty decent with the Texans last year, given what he what he was dealt. Right. So, so he's in New York though. Yes, yeah, he is. So unfortunately, that 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 avenue is closed. But Drew Locke, he's a bridge quarterback. He's not going to do anything. Tyler Lockett. As much as I hate to say it, this is where you trade him. This is where you trade Tyler Lockett while his value is still high. He's not going to be nearly as good with Drew Locke as he was with Russell Wilson. It's just that special connection. Trade Tyler Lockett away. Make DK your official number one receiver. Build him up and go from there. I agree. That's just what I want, but it's not going to happen. We we re-signed Rashad Penny, who had a phenomenal end to last year. He did. 
but he is always injury he's injury prone and he's always injured same with Chris Carson who we don't know if he's coming back from that neck injury well it was a five million dollar contract for Penny so yeah. I mean it's pretty team friendly it's, yeah, if he exactly. goes down but if he doesn't go down it's a very good contract exactly but if he does go down and Carson doesn't come back we're left with DJ Dallas Travis Homer not the best run game you want especially with a QB like Drew Locke who really will rely on that run game for support. Well, there are a lot of ifs still to play out in Seattle, including if Pete Carroll um, is sacked or hands over the reins at some point. He, in can't, the be, he can't be fired. Who's going to fire him? We, he's just not going to get fired. The only way that Pete Carroll steps down is if he retires. Could be soon. I hope so. He's pretty old. I do hope so. Oldest coach in the league for what? In the last, I don't know, 10 years? We'll see. <laughs> We've still got some huge moves to recap, so we're going to skim over a few of the small ones real quick. Well, I mean, I say small, but in the scheme of this, you know, really incredible off-season, um, it does seem like a few of these moves are smaller, per se, but they are obviously big moves in themselves. Von Miller signed with Buffalo for six years and $120 million. I don't think he's going to be there for no. six whole years. No, no um, but it definitely is a big contract for a you know a really good pass rusher who still can you know produce at a really high level. Speaking of pass rushers, Cool Mack was traded from the Bears to the Chargers. Just quickly, the Bears got back a second and a sixth. It doesn't seem like a lot, but the Chargers will be eating up the rest of his really big contract. So. The compensation is probably not as bad as it looks. I think it's the right move. Like, you know, your Seahawks, Amelia, and my Bears are in a kind of like a rebuild, retooling stage, just trying to build more around the offense and Justin Fields. But those two pass rushes find new homes. The Titans released Julio Jones. He's yet to sign with another team. But in a kind of corresponding move, the Titans have gone out and traded for Robert Woods from the Rams, who obviously missed a large portion of last season, who, when he's healthy, can still produce very well, and I think will produce more, or sorry, will produce better than what Jones produced in that same time with the Titans. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And these aren't my words. This is stuff from that I've gathered through Twitter and from other podcasts, is that Robert Woods is a great team player. Um, a lot of people have like said, a lot of players have praised him for his locker room presence and the fact that he will block a lot more than a lot of receivers. He is a very good, very good receiver. And in that team, that's very run heavy, obviously with Derrick Henry. I think he's a perfect fit. He's a great wide receiver too. And he's a great, he's a great part of like a, a top wide receiver duo. He's going to compliment AJ Brown. Really exactly. Good. Exactly. And Ryan Tannehill, I think he's a good quarterback, but he definitely showed in the playoffs last uh, this season that he is not the answer for yep. the Titans. The sooner they find a suitable replacement for him, the sooner they can hope to win a Super Bowl. That's right. There are flaws with Tannehill and... But when we're talking about Tannehill, it, it, yeah. it is about Woods and I think he does fit very well with Brown and Aiden Henry and yeah, the Titans have all the pieces there except the franchise quarterback, which is always holding them back. And I say always holding them back, but they've got to find yeah. someone first and I think they could have been kind of a sneaky player in some of these QB trade markets, but they weren't. Maybe he's a destination, or sorry, maybe they're a destination for like Mayfield, yep. who knows? Um, we'll see. But that was a really good move um, by the Titans, and we'll see who Lou Jones ends up with. 
because as injury prone as he was last season, he still can produce. We know how good he is. The Rams signed Allen Robinson. Yep. Um, which leaves Odell Beckham Jr. as the odd man out um, as a free agent in Los Angeles. We did see on social media, OBJ wasn't, it didn't seem too happy with the Rams signing A-Rob. Um, you know, you have to assume that he was hoping that the Rams would want to re-sign OBJ. Obviously, he will miss, um, you know, a very large portion, if not all of the next season. So uh, you can kind of see what the thinking there was for the Rams. But, you know, I, I can I can tell you from lots of experience watching at Robinson, he's a very, he'll be a very good add for that Rams offense. And, yeah, I mean, Robert Woods is gone. Um, Odell Beckham is likely gone. But you pair Robinson with Cooper Cup, yeah. and it's... And they know, gave Stafford the extension, too. That's like, right. they, It's they a team that's set on. again to repeat a Super Bowl chance. Exactly. Um, they did what they had to do. They had to keep... You know, they're their core intact and just yeah. add a little bit, and they did that. And yeah, yeah, you, I just wonder how fault the Rams. I, I know you think they're pay to win, but they are. They, I mean, every single franchise in every single sport is pay to win. Let's be honest, just because that is true. They're a division rival of your Seahawks, and you're maybe a tad bit envious of course, Of course, of course I, 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 I'm okay, okay. I'm very biased. I do no, not like no. the Rams, I dislike them, but you're the same with the Packers. I am. I just have that mentality. Obviously, as a Seahawks fan, I like teams that draft their talent. We drafted Russell Wilson. We drafted Bobby Wagner. We drafted Richard Sherman. We drafted Ken Chancellor, L. Thomas. All the pieces of you know that 2013 team, they were drafted. Marshall Lynch was the exception. That's why I like teams that draft their talent, all that. The Rams have done that. Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, phenomenal. But the past few years, you have to admit, they have splurged a lot in free agency and trades, yeah. given, given up a lot of draft capital. They've done well to maneuver the salary cap. And it's, and it's worked. It's a two different two different ways of playing the game in the yeah. NFL. Well done on their part. I am envious. They've won a Super Bowl. I mean, of course I won that. We have two, but you know what I mean. Yep. However, why Alan Robinson? Just, ah, I, every time I see, you know, on Instagram, that like little, little graphic from the NFL, it's like this player signing with yeah. Rams. It just fuels that, that anger. That Rams a bit logo, more. every single one. Uh, it, it just it, it it fuels me when when they signed Odell Beckham last year, when they signed Von Miller, it just irritates me so much. And there are whispers that your old mate Bobby Wagner yeah. might be the next one down. Yeah, if that to happens, the Rams. if that happens, I am going to cry. If <laughs> to, you have this, to... to this point, he has not signed anywhere yet, but yeah. the Baltimore Ravens do look to be another potential suitor. We will see, but I know you won't want to see that Absolutely happen. Not. Absolutely not. Now these last. Four trades are, I guess, you know, just more blockbusters. In yeah. um, starting with Devontae Adams, who signed his franchise tag tender with the Packers, but was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and second round pick, with Adams signing a five-year, $140 million contract with Las Vegas. Huge move for the Raiders' million. Um, really good one, I think, for them. Adams gets to pair back up with Derek Carr. They were former college teammates. They get to team up once again. And I think they will be one of the best QB WR duos going to next season. And you look at the uh, the flip side of it. And obviously the Packers lose big time um, in the form of Adams. Obviously they, they do get some draft compensation back. But in recent times, we've just seen how inept the Packers front office is when it yeah. comes to utilizing draft capital. And it, it will be quite funny if the Packers do look to pick up one of these 
um, highly touted wide receivers in the draft after they've just dished out arguably the best wide receiver they've ever had in their entire franchise history. So I guess this is just, as you say, a lot of my, um, fueled by my Packers hatred, um, which, you know, it probably is as well to a point, but I I think you've got to agree that the Raiders are the winners here and not the Packers. Yeah, for sure, and I, I I want to talk about the Raiders a lot because let's let's be clear, they exceeded expectations last year. No one expected them to make it to the playoffs, uh, considering the state their franchise has been in the past few years, especially considering all of the things they went through last season with John Gruden, um, Henry Ruggs, everything. Now the Raiders. There is never no drama in Las Vegas. Exactly, they are in win now mode. You do not trade for a thirty year old star receiver if you're not in win now they place all their trust in Derek Carr they've got some great pieces all around they're in win now mode and I think Max Crosby Max Crosby yeah exactly and he had a great year last year he just stepped up Josh Jacobs is still adequate the pieces are in place exactly now do they win or do they make it far in the playoffs with um, Devontae Adams remember at the before last season so just before we had the episode you asked me what are the Raiders missing I said they are missing that X-Factor superstar player. Yep. Devontae Adams is that player. They have everything they need, but they are in the strongest division in the league, which we are going to get into. He will later. elevate Derek Carr's game Absolutely. more than any other receiver. You know, obviously, Darren Waller has been a revelation with the Raiders, but no one will be able to elevate Derek Carr's game more than Devontae Adams will. Absolutely. And that's why this is such a huge um, acquisition for them. And yeah, like you say, the AFC West is going to be a hell of a division. And um, I think we may see... I, I, I think it's fair to say we'll see at least three teams from that division go yeah. to the playoffs. It's easy, it's and easy there's to a chance say, that all four may go to the playoffs. There is, but the AFC in general is an absolute dogfight, considering... It, it, it's, it, it's comparable to um, the Western Conference in the NBA. It's, it, it's like... It's like the Western Conference is always so competitive with great teams. Yeah. And then, you know, the Eastern Conference is just... It's all right, you know. You, it's it's top heavy though, right? Yeah. It's kind of similar to NFL. Um, yeah. You got so many great teams in the AFC, and you know, with this trade, the Raiders might become one of them. And I just think you said like we might see three teams from this division go. Well, we probably will. You look at other divisions: AFC East, the Bills, Patriots, and now the Dolphins. The Dolphins, if you know the certain someone they traded for works out well for them, they're gonna be back up there. Well, it's a perfect segue, Milan, because. These next three trades are, are all, you know, AFC teams making big moves, trying to further themselves in, in this big race because Deshaun Watson is now a Cleveland Brown, which, I mean, if, if you told me this a couple of years ago, like, honestly, no, scrap that. All of these acquisitions, if you told me that these were going to happen yeah. a couple of years ago, I would have laughed in your face. But this one especially, this is pretty huge. Deshaun Watson, no one really kind of believed that he would evade his legal problems the way he has at this point. We keep hearing that they're not over yet, but it sounds like he's kind of dodged most of the bullets involved with these legal proceedings, which means the Cleveland Browns may finally have, may finally have that franchise quarterback who is going to take them to the um, Super Bowl. To the promised land. And you talk about... (laughs) And you have to think how dramatic this has been with the whole, obviously the whole, you know, Deshaun Watson isn't happy in Houston. That was said last year. He wants to trade. But wait, all these, you know, lawsuits come in. He doesn't play a single snap because he doesn't want to, and also he can't. 
And then just in this, like, in these past few months of just, like, where is this Sean Watson going to go? Teams are, you know, you know, putting out trades. It's going to be a mega, mega blockbuster trade, the biggest trade in NFL history, basically. And then you just, he narrows it down to these three teams. Panthers, no, four teams, sorry. Panthers, Saints, Falcons, or Browns. And you think, this could be it. Like, the NFC South, this is when Brady was still retired. NFC South, it's pretty, pretty lacking, you know, good quarterbacks right now. Falcons aren't a great team. Panthers are a bad team. Saints are very inconsistent. And the Buccaneers don't have Tom Brady. And you think Deshaun Watson goes to any of those teams, those teams are immediate contenders for that, the NFC South title. Then Tom Brady unretires and the Panthers are out of the running. So it's down to the Saints, Falcons, Browns, the Browns. The thing is those four, sorry, the thing is those four teams all had agreed packages with the Houston Texans. So it's just a matter of where Deshaun Watson's choosing. And we heard... Well, supposedly heard the Browns were out of the running, but then... And then it happens. We were down to the Saints or Falcons, and we were thinking, the Falcons, great spot for him. He's got some weapons there. Um, Obviously, Kyle Pitts and a decent defense that could grow. The Saints, also great team that has a lot of talent, defense heavy. Kamara. Kamara. Michael Thomas is still a thing. I mean, we forget about (laughs) him. He wants to be, but he still exists. And then, yeah, he just gets straight to the Browns. And this is like a day days after Baker Mayfield sent out his tweet. Yeah, that really cryptic message on social media, but thanking all Cleveland for all they've, all they've done, and that he doesn't know where he's going. But like we said, he'll have a new buddy with Amari Cooper there as well. And we did hear that maybe Odell Beckham Jr. has not closed the door on a potential Browns return, which would not surprise us now based on what's happened yeah. with the Browns these last couple of weeks. But yeah, a huge trade for the Browns, and it's hard not to feel really good if you're a Browns fan. Oh, absolutely. I think this is like the moment they've been waiting for for the past 60 years. I mean, they felt that way with Baker Mayfield, but here we are again. But you've got to think this is a bit different. You know is, what you're getting is, from yeah, Deshaun you, Watson. You do know. There, there is more confidence now with Deshaun Watson. The only, I guess, downside is the fact that the Browns are in the AFC. That's yeah. possibly the only negative I foresee. Exactly. And um, yeah. And you just got to think in that division. So you already the Bengals, who are Super Bowl runner-ups, they've improved their offensive line. They yep. knew the problem. Yep. They fixed it. That's right. They've already. got to, exactly the done, and they're going to draft some great players. I'm sure of it. They they've drafted some great players in the past few years. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Um, look, they're in a great great position to you know compete again. The Ravens never count the Ravens out as long as Lamar Jackson is healthy. Yep. If they manage to sign Bobby Wagner, that'd be a great addition at linebacker. They've got a great strong team. Stuff. The Steelers. Still made the playoffs. They made the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger. Trubisky, you have to think, is an upgrade for mobility alone. You have to think. We talked positively about the Steelers and Trubisky earlier, but I think maybe if they were in the NFC, we'd be able to, you know, project them better. But the fact that they're in this division and in the FC, I think that is the one weak point of the division. I don't think we will see the Steelers challenging with the likes of the Bengals and Browns. I do agree with Rams. that. However, you have to think, you have to commend their defense for carrying that team oh, you do. to the playoffs. 100%. We never thought it would happen, but it did. And then, as I said before, AFC East, insane with Josh Allen, Bengals, then the Bills. Patriots, I think, are going to improve with Mac Jones. And we'll see about that one. I, I think they will. I think that Mac Jones is a good mold that sort of thing. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm I think they're gonna, I think they're going to draft an, I think they're going to draft an offensive weapon They'd have to. For him. They have they to. Be Naj- um, not Najee Harris. Damian Harris. Absolutely great season last year. He Remember was a key. Stevenson. It's a good yeah. one-two punch there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just well done to the Browns for finally, finally getting it done. Now, so the Houston Texans, an AFC South team, from one AFC South team to another, the Colts trade for Matt Ryan of the Falcons, which is one that we kind of didn't see coming. I guess we kind of sense that 
Matt Ryan's time as a Falcon could be nearing its end just because since that Super Bowl collapse, they have not been the same team. You know, the, um, that coaching staff from that time is dismembered. And Matt Ryan is, you know, we were getting the sense already that his time was kind of coming to a close in Atlanta. And even though we probably didn't expect a trade, you know, we, we, we maybe saw it coming and it did happen maybe a bit earlier than you imagined, but it did happen. And all they have to give up the Colts was a third round pick. Yeah. Talking earlier about the trade, um, to, uh, with Washington and Carson Wentz, they not only upgraded the quarterback from these two transactions, they also upgraded the draft capital as well. Which, so you've got to really commend Chris Ballard and that Colts front office yeah. the way they've handled this offseason so far. I guess if you're a Colts fan, you just hope they continue that into the draft. But to this point, they've been really, really good with what the moves they've made. And while Matt Ryan isn't the same quarterback he was in that Super Bowl season when he won, when he won the MVP award. He's still a very, very good starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's a definite upgrade over Carson Wentz. Yep, absolutely. And for the Colts, I think you just got to think about the amount of QBs they've amassed over the past few years, ever since Andrew Luck retired. They went and got Philip. Oh, sorry. They had, what was it, Jacoby Brissett yep. for a bit. He wasn't great, obviously. Yep. They went and got Philip Rivers, who was not good at all. He was It was his last year in the league. Better than Wentz, though. Better than Wentz. They went and got Wentz, who was really bad, and he's the one who cost them you know, an opportunity at the playoffs yep. in the end. And now they've got Matt Ryan. You, I don't know what to expect. Matt Ryan could be great. He could be he could be bad. You don't know. But what I do know is that Jonathan Taylor is an absolute stud. Yep. The Colts did an incredible incredible job drafting him. Michael Pittman stepped up last year. They need one more receiver. Yeah, I, I, I don't say, think. Don't Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin. Like, Zach Pascal. Yeah, yeah, Zach Pascal. left as well. It's, yeah, he's gone. I don't think it's a great receiving core. And Matt Ryan needs some weapons. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. I think the I think the the only thing will be keeping it upright. They've got a good O line. Um, Eric Fisher is a free agent, but yeah. Quentin Nelson is there. As long as they keep Ryan upright, I think they will do well because yeah. when he's got a pocket, Matt Ryan can do some pretty devastating things with the ball in his hands. Like you said, the depth at right receiver is the only potential concern, especially once teams can are able to shut down Michael Pittman, who I don't think is you know, you know an amazing receiver by any means, but he's the best one they have. Yeah. T Y Hilton is old and. He's had his own troubles with the injury. Yeah, he's, he's not what he used to be. No. But I do want to talk about the Falcons here because I don't know if you remember, but I think it was two years ago when we started this podcast, right? I told you the Falcons need to start the rebuild now. Trade Julio Jones, trade Matt Ryan, build Calvin Ridley into a stud. That's what I said two years ago. <laughs> they're two out of three. And they're doing that two years later when it's too late. Matt Ryan's draft, like, you know, value has plummeted since then. Julio Jones was, you know, he was gone last year. He, w- he could have been a good trade bait for other teams. And now Calvin Ridley, he's not playing. He's so suspended instead of playing football, Calvin Ridley took some time away for mental health reasons. But during that time, he ended up betting on NFL games. So Which is the stupidest thing you can do. It was, and it just seems like a very Falcons thing. Just the way it's panned out. Um, I, I think this franchise has been kind of doomed ever since the 2023 collapse. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan hasn't been the same. Julio Jones hasn't really been the same. Um... And now this whole stuff with Calvin Ridley. I mean, they can't really get away from, you know, the bad omens here. I do think think they've got a solid starter in Marcus Mariotti. He's not going to bring them to the playoffs. But from what we saw with the Raiders, in his time with the Raiders, it showed glimpses of the fact that he's a capable starter. You don't think so? Capable? No. um, You you can't be fooled by him coming for a few plays every now and again. No. It's hard to suck when you only have to come in for like three running plays per game. 
Yes. No, no, that's, I, that's I'm, not talk, I'm not did. talking about his running plays. I'm talking about the times where he actually threw the ball in that game. In the game, in the game against the Dolphins a couple of years back, where Derek Carr was injured, Marcus Mariota came in. He played well that game. I commend him for that. Yes. That was the Raiders' defense. Talking years ago. Look, I do agree. That's why I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback. I'm saying he's adequate and will help the Falcons sort adequate. of bridge. You think he's? Adequate? I think he's adequate. I think we'll get halfway through next season and think. This guy's garbage. It's time to bench him. Okay. And I think Malik Willis will be in play for the Falcons as well as the Seahawks. Yep. I can I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I think it's it's going to be interesting. And you just think where the Falcons were at with Deshaun Watson, what could have happened had Calvin Ridley not, you know, gone suspended. But I just think back two years ago, they should have started the rebuild. Trade Matt Ryan away. Trade Julio Jones. Build Calvin Ridley. Even Matt Ryan in his current self with Ridley is okay. It's not going to do that much for you, though, I think, in yep. the end. Anyway, Million, we have one more Last trade, one. right? We're almost at the hour mark. We've got one more trade, and it wasn't the biggest of all of them, but this one was maybe the most surprising because yeah. <laughs> halfway through last season, nobody would have guessed that Tyreek Hill would be on his way out of Kansas City, let alone to the Miami Dolphins. But that is where he has ended up. Casey receives a first, second, fourth, sixth, and additional pick in in uh, exchange for Hill, um, leaving a massive hole in that Chiefs receiving core. They did sign Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling um, to kind of try and compensate for the loss. But overall, the receiving core is not the same for Patrick no. Mahomes. But because it's Mahomes, he will still do some amazing things with what he's got. For the Dolphins, um, they not only got Hill, they also um, signed um, one of the best tackles on the market in Toronto yeah. Armstead. So they're really just saying to her, listen, you've got all of this now. So now if you screw up or if you can't deliver based on what we've now given you, then we know for a fact you're not the guy and we did make a mistake in taking you over Justin Herbert. Yep. But we'll see. What we do know is the fact that he has got what he needs. And now it's on him to deliver. He's got more than that. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, all in one nice little package. Um, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Dolphins went and got them. You know, they saw that their run game was lacking. These guys aren't... Underrated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If Mostert can stay healthy, he's a gun. Edmonds had had absolutely balled out with the Cardinals last season, sharing snaps with James Conner. I think that's set up for a really good one-two punch. If Tua can fix... His problems and actually get the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill. My God, what a team! And he will be actually upright. We, yeah, you have to, you have to think so. Trent Armstead yeah. on the left side. You'd have to think so. And looking at the Chiefs, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is set for a rebound. I think he's going to bounce Agreed. back. Um, I think he's a good player. He had Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. Yep. He had a mobile court. Yeah. Now he has a mobile quarterback. Still produced with him. Exactly. I'm afraid to. Exactly. Shit. And I think that the Chiefs. Obviously, they downgraded this season. But you look at their receiver room, you said, you know, Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Travis Kelsey is their receiver, wide receiver one. Yeah. He, he, he is a receiver, essentially. He, he, he can run after the catch incredibly well. He gets open very easily, and he's got great hands. Yeah, and as long he's, as he's still there. Exactly. But great things. you just have to think, I don't know, just like wrapping this episode up. You said, you know, two years ago, no one would believe any of these things would happen. And I just think all the poor buggers who bought their Tyreek Hill jersey yeah. or their Devontae Adams jersey. You have jersey. to think that Michael Hardman is... Or the Chiefs would have to think that he's the next Tyreek Hill. Otherwise, why would you make this trade? Exactly. But I don't think he is. I think I that he's... Either. I mean, there's no one like Tyreek Hill in the league. And exactly. I don't think there will be for 
really long amount of time. Exactly. But um, <laughs> what an absolutely wild off season. And it's coming off a pretty wild NFL season in general. Last year was one of the wildest NFL seasons ever. You never would have thought any of these guys, any of these like teams or like, you know, Justin Herbert, Chargers, Brandon, Brandon Allen, that health team. The Bengals were incredible. Yeah, the yes. Patriots. Patriots were the number one seed at one point. It was an incredible season. It's just gone even crazier in the NFL with all these transactions. It's only going to become more open this next yeah. season with with everything that's happened. The AFC is going to be must-watch TV. Yeah. Um, the NFC will not disappoint either, I guarantee. That I mean, with Tom Brady back in the picture, Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. Um, I don't think you can sleep on Aaron Rodgers just yet. As much as I'd like to, as much as I've been praying to, I don't think you can sleep on him just yet, even without Devontae Adams. Anyway, but all these moves. If I had to finish off the episode, pick your Super Bowl matchup now for next year. Now? I know it's very early. It's, it's incredibly very, early. Very early. Just pick it. Wow. On the spot here. Um, I'm going to tip the Bengals' return to the Super Bowl. I think they will come up against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I think Tommy B gets it done. You reckon? Actually, no, 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 no. I'm not... No, you said predicted matchup. Yep. Okay. I'm not going to predict the outcome. Predict, predict the outcome gonna, if you want. <laughs> I'll decline. I'll just say Bengals, Bucks, Super Bowl. Fair enough. It's a great story. For me? Yep. I think it's going to be a rematch. Really? Bengals, Rams. I think that amid all this shock and moves and all that, I think it's the two teams that just solidified their weaknesses are just going to come back and duke it out one more time. So you, you, and I think the Bengals are going to win it. I think that Joe Burrow is set for an MVP season. It's very early. They fixed the offensive line. He's, he's set. No, that, that's, that's that team is enough. set. Bengals, Rams, what's I got to say? As much as things change, yeah. um, they're, still set, they're still set the same. So we will see if that comes to fruition. I mean, but look, it's, yeah. it's, it's, been, set it's been a huge offseason so far and the draft hasn't even come by yet. Obviously, the draft won't live up to the same hype. Well, I mean, the, the same level of shock that we've oh, experienced yeah. through free agency. But it's been a great offseason and... You know, we know the NFL, the NFL is an you know all year round sport in terms of the drama. You know, oh, yeah. it, there's never something that's not going on in the NFL, whether it's off-field drama or um, you know trades, draft, playing. Yeah, it's all we there. Set. Do you have? Do you have a? Sorry, just before we finish, do you have a team that you're looking forward to watching the most, except your Bears? Yeah. Well, um, well I know for me it's the Broncos. Obviously, I, I can't wait to see what Russell does. I think I might have to say the Browns, honestly. Oh, uh, I, yeah. think, I think the Browns are going to become pretty muscle watch. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad time to be a Browns fan, honestly. So, we'll see how they go. But, I mean, there are a whole list of teams that you'd want to watch. I mean, every single it, one. It's, it's going to be, be must-watch TV. Absolutely. Can't wait. Anyway, Emilian, that has been our off-season edition episode of the TDU Podcast. It's great to be back in the year 2022. We've got Absolutely. some big things in store. We may not see you guys again until the draft or maybe later, but yep. for now, this has been our off-season recap. All the huge moves that has taken place so far this league year. And we will see you soon. See you guys later. Thanks for joining us. Oh, 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 oh,